Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations, a podcast exploring the cool Christian girl's guide to living in America. I'm your girl, April Davenport. I'll reveal to you a little personal testimony while merging ministry, education, and real life. We will also discuss current events with relevant figures of our time. It is the perfect blend of headline news, black girl magic, and of course, Jesus juice. Come with me on a journey you won't soon forget. So stay tuned, don't change the channel, and let's take a ride. Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. I'm your host, April Davenport. Well, here we are. It's season two of the podcast. I am so excited to be right back here with you. If you didn't join us for season one, don't worry. You can go back and catch up when you get a chance for episodes one through 11. Make sure that you get on board with us. Don't just wait for season two. Go back, catch up. There were so many great things that happened in season one, so you certainly don't want to miss it. But I'm so glad that you are here with us for season two. To all of my returning viewers, my returning listeners, I'm so glad to have you back on board with us for season two. I can't wait for you to join us and for you to see everything that we have in store for season two. There's so many great things and it's going to be a great ride. So thanks so much for being a part of the army. Now, do you know the terms thick and thin, ride or die, friends to the end? Well, you are certainly all of those things and more for me. I can't thank you enough for the unyielding love and support that you've extended to me and my family during the sudden loss of my sister and since that time. As the song says, the road has certainly been rough, the going has been tough, and the hills, they've yet been hard to climb. But my family and I started out a very long time ago, and there is no doubt in our minds, despite the circumstances, we are still going to follow Jesus. However, we are so grateful that in our lowest moments, we have your prayers to sustain us. The journey is a daily journey, so keep praying for us. I also want to say thank you to my very special guests from last season. You may even see them pop back up this season. They were all so good and we had so much riveting conversation. I'm also excited that we are in the midst of the holiday season. Who knew that we would still be fighting the pandemic by the time December rolled around? Oh my goodness, I can't stop. I can't wait till we can stop hearing coronavirus. But yet, here we are. So as we celebrate the season, wear your festive masks and hopefully brighter days are ahead. So what is today's episode about? Well, is America ready for a black woman in power? During season one, I stressed to you the importance of voting because this year's election was said to be the most important election ever. And if I were a betting woman, which I'm not, I would be rich right now because not only was the election historic, it was unprecedented. It was so historic that here we are well into December still discussing the election. 
A record 161 million people voted during this year's election, the highest number in history. It was indeed an amazing turnout. And it was wonderful to see citizens voting either by absentee ballot, during the voting, um, early voting period, or on election day. Americans should honor their responsibility and privilege to vote every election and every time. So if you're listening and you live in Georgia, please make plans to vote during the Senate runoff election, either via absentee ballot during the early voting period or on election day on January 5th. And make a lifetime commitment to vote every election, every time. Now, I'm not here to discuss whether Joe Biden won or Donald Trump lost. The numbers are clear. And besides, I'm trying to establish a bipartisanship following. However, the voting turnout numbers were not the only history makers in this year's election. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris made history as the first woman, the first black woman, and the first Asian woman to be elected to the office of the vice president. So first, let's celebrate her female prowess. You know that Destiny Child song, all the women independent, throw your hands up at me? When Madam Vice President waltzed onto the stage after the election was finally called, I could feel all the women in America throwing their hands in a female way, thinking, yes, we have arrived. Now, let's no, make no mistake about it. Women have been running things since the beginning of time, but we have had to do it from the back seat or behind the scenes, which means we receive little to no credit. In America's 244 year history, women have only had the privilege to vote for 100 years. So a woman heading to the White House is not only historic, it's earth shattering. Let us not forget, it was only four years ago that a white woman, a very smart white woman, in the person of Hillary Clinton, lost against Donald Trump over some emails. And I hear you, you might as well say that technically Joe Biden was elected and Kamala Harris was simply on the ticket. That is simply a technicality. The fact remains, a woman is headed to the White House and we are waving our female banner. The woman's suffrage movement started in 1920 and the march might have lasted a century, but the steps led all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, as excited as I was to join the ranks with women of all ages, races, and phases, the fact that Madam Vice President is a black woman is the icing on a seven layer chocolate cake for me. And believe me, I think I told you before how much I love chocolate. Black women everywhere respect the office and monumental gain that Senator Harris has achieved, but we feel as our mother, auntie, sister, friend, and Soror has joined the ranks so that's why you hear us calling her Kamala. She isn't my soror, but she is my sister in the divine nine. Her life's path, having so many markers of identification for others to attach themselves to her, make her one of the family. When Barack Obama ran for office, he told us, yes, we can. And now Kamala is here to take the baton and remind us we still can. 
For black girls everywhere and black women everywhere, they are able to look at the White House and remember there are still glass ceilings to be broken. And those ceilings just might be waiting on us to break them. Kamala is her mother's dream, but she is renewing the dream in little black girls all over America. Now, as much as I would love to stay in this euphoria, this belief that everyone is celebrating, I am too much of a realist to believe so. I have been living in this America for the past four years. I know for certain that there is nothing post-racial about our America. How could there be? How many unfounded killings have there been in this year alone? Why are we having to protest in the midst of a pandemic? How many people are suffering job loss and are unable to get the help they need? And how many of those people are in minority communities? Here we are facing the end of one president's term and rather than working with the current Congress to pass legislation to help the American people, he is still fighting a clear election. Are we living in the Jim Crow era? No. Are our schools and communities segregated? Perhaps not intentionally, but if you drive through neighborhoods, there are numerous communities that remain divided rather than diverse. So yes, I celebrated the victory of Kamala Harris as much as anyone, but the truth is, I'm not sure America is ready for a black woman in the White House. They weren't ready for a black man to be president, and as commendable as he was holding the highest office in the land, there were so many that tried to taint his image, his presidency, and his current legacy. When Barack Obama was inaugurated, it was the greatest feeling in the world to witness such a historic event. It was cold, but it was amazing and impossible to put into words. However, I shudder every time I think about the strides President Obama made during his presidency and the blatant attempts the current administration has taken to undo them. Additionally, there was so much hate spewed toward President Obama, not because he was a bad leader, but simply because he was black. Despite his intelligence, his poise, and his ability to lead, America did not prove that it was ready for a black man to be in the White House. In fact, in some cases, he was respected more outside of the country than he was in America. Why is it? If we are living in a post-racial state, it's really simple. It's because we're not. So when I think about Kamala Harris, of course I think about the double negative per se. She is both black and a woman. Two reasons for people to either not like her or to give her a hard time. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm certainly not saying she can't hold her own or that she won't be prepared for the dissension or discord that may come her way. I know she's been in the game for a long time, but of course, as she rises to new heights, the adversity worsens. My question is, why must she brace herself for the storms that are sure to come? When will we stop having to have these discussions? When will America be ready for a black person to be in leadership, man or woman? If you believe my fears are unfounded, just wait until after January 20th, when the attacks will start and when the bipartisanship in Congress will continue to thrive. 
The past four years have already proven that some politicians will simply not work together because of their personal likes or dislikes, completely disregarding the good of the people. It is an uncomfortable truth because black women are literally the backbone of this country. Black women have fulfilled every role in America. Yet when it comes to roles of power, we are often left out or disrespected when we are included. The disrespect is not from a single source. It comes from all points, the majority race, other minority races, and yes, even our own race. It's as if others expect black women to contribute all of our greatness, but never rise to levels of greatness. So many people love our forever first lady, Michelle Obama, including me. And there are so many who wanted her to run for the office of presidency, not including me. But in her book, Becoming, she states how much she hates politics and how eight years was enough for her. However, the hate and the disrespect doesn't just happen in politics. It happens in all industries, business, both public and private, education, ministry, and in familial structures. If in America there is a such thing as a race to the top, Black women are pulling up the rear. Am I proud to share commonalities and traits with the first black woman to be elected vice president of the United States of America? Without question. Do I think she will do a phenomenal job for the American people? Absolutely. Will she represent black women and women everywhere? Undoubtedly. Is America ready for the kind of representation and diversity she will bring to leadership, government, and the future? I'm uncertain. As much as I'm hopeful, I'm unclear if the American people are ready to accept what has been decided for them. While there were millions of people who voted for the Biden-Harris ticket, there were also millions of people who did not vote for that ticket. And unless the attitudes of those people begin to change, there might be trouble in the White House. No one knows the future. I just hope it's as bright as the cream pantsuit Kamala wore the night her and Joe Biden accepted their win in Delaware. We are about a month away from another historic inauguration in our time. Who would have thought we would have been able to witness a black president and a black female vice president in such a short period? No matter what happens, it is truly a great time to be alive. And as President Obama would say, it's a great time to have the audacity to hope. Thanks so much for watching. I'm so glad that you're here with me for season two and for this first episode. I can't wait to share the rest of the journey with you. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you connect it with me on social media and that I want to learn just as much about you as you're learning about me. So stay tuned and stay connected. I'll catch you next week. Thanks again. Thanks so much for tuning in to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. We are just getting started. So make sure to connect with me on social at AS Davenport and at Fresh Start Fridays. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.asdministries.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and be a part of April's Army. Remember, Anytime is a good time to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, live by your own personal convictions, and it's always a great time to have a good conversation. I'm your girl, April Davenport. See you next time.